Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, welcome to another episode of Get Right for Sunday, a Holy Cross podcast. I am Pastor Wright. And I'm Vicar Pearson. And today we're going to look at the readings for the second Sunday after Christmas. Our Old Testament reading for this week is from 1 Kings chapter 3 beginning at verse 4. The king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the great high place. Solomon used to offer a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I shall give you. And Solomon said, You have shown great and steadfast love to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in faithfulness, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart toward you. And you have kept for him this great and steadfast love, and have given him a son to sit on his throne to this day. And now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of David my father, although I am but a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in, and your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too many to be numbered or counted for multitude. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, that I may discern between good and evil, For who is able to govern this, your great people? It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this, and God said to him, Because you have asked this, and have not asked for yourself long life or riches or the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right, behold, I now do according to your word. Behold, I give you a wise and discerning mind, so that none like you has been before you, and none like you shall arise after you. I give you also what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that no other king shall compare with you all your days. And if you will walk in my ways, keeping my statutes and my commandments, as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. And Solomon awoke, and behold, it was a dream. Then he came to Jerusalem and stood before the ark of the covenant of the Lord, and offered up burnt offerings and peace offerings, and made a feast for all his servants. So in this lesson, what is Solomon asking for? What is Solomon really saying in saying he would like a heart of wisdom, or a a discerning mind, or all the other different ways that this gets translated? Solomon is really asking that God would bless him and cause him to be a good king to really fill the shoes that his father has left he's concerned because he's young he's inexperienced and suddenly he has this enormous legacy not only to be a king but the king that god has put over his chosen people and so solomon is asking to be just a good king just to be above average to be what the people need able to fulfill his role. And this this word here, his heart of wisdom, this discerning mind, the Hebrew is a listening heart. And I think that's really poetic, a listening heart, a heart that listens to what? Well, to your father, a heart that listens to wisdom, that listens to good sense. See, in the Hebrew conception of where your emotions and where your mental faculties lie, 
what we would generally consider the head, they would call the heart, and what we would call the heart, they would call the gut. So for King Solomon, you feel with your gut and you think with your heart. And so what he's asking for is the grace to listen to God, to take to heart God's word, to take to heart the advice of those who can give him direction on how to be a good king. And Solomon turns out to be a good king. But when you read the account of Solomon's reign, you may push back on that. You may say, well, no, he's not a good king. He does a number of things that are contrary to the will of God. How can you call him a good king? We have to remember, anytime we talk about the kings of Israel in the Old Testament, they're good in comparison to other kings. And Solomon is good, and you can say that just because he's above average and he's not as bad as he could be. And that's all he's asked for, and that's what the Lord gives him because that's sufficient for a king. The Holy Gospel is from St. Luke, the second chapter, verses 40 to 50. And the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and with the favor of God was upon him. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover, and when he was twelve years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast had ended, as, were, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it, but supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey. But then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem, searching for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. This is the gospel of the Lord. In this text, we have the, the great, wondrous event of losing Jesus. And I find it amazing that you have the Blessed Virgin Mary and the guardian Joseph they have had the experience of the angels talking to them, showing forth the great and wondrous gift of the Messiah being born into their care. And then 12 years later, they lose him. But they don't have to look long and far, but they find him in the temple. They find him in his father's house. Where else would Jesus be found but the place where the word is given, where the sacrifices are offered, where he promises to be throughout the Old Testament. And what's interesting about this, especially in connection to the Old Testament text with King Solomon asking for wisdom, asking for a listening heart, he's asking, Lord, please let me not mess up 
and do the work that you have placed before me. Let me be a good king. He's asking to do what he has been told to do, be a king. And now we have Jesus showing up to his father's house to do what he has been told to do. He goes to teach the teachers. He goes to be the sacrifice at the high place. He is there to fulfill all the promises of the Old Testament. He is there for the feast of the Passover, the slaughtering of lambs. And there, behold, the Lamb of God comes to the place of sacrifice. This is all great and wonderful because this is all done for you. We get to find Christ where he promises to be in word and sacrament, the place where he is given so that we will know his gifts and we will not and we won't be like Mary and Joseph at the end of our text when it says they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And it's not that they were dummies. It's not that they didn't fully understand. They just found their son after searching him for him for three days. They are just excited that he's alive. But we, with our New Testament eyes, get to see that he is in fact alive in the resurrection. He is alive in his word. He is alive in his sacraments. He is alive in his church as he continues to pour forth all the great and wondrous things that he has been sent to do. And so he fulfills all the things that King Solomon asks for, not just a listening heart, but to be a good king. We have the actual good king, the good prophet, the good God coming to us to be our good priest and fulfill all the things that we get to live out according to his grace. I think this is really interesting, the connection and the interplay between the Old Testament and the New Testament lesson, because what King Solomon asks for is this discerning mind, this understanding mind, this listening heart. But he asks specifically for this listening heart for the purpose of judging your people, of governing your people. Again, the word used here is... um, to judge, to shafat, and this is the Hebrew word for governance in the Old Testament. And so Solomon is really just asking that you help me be a good governor of your people. And that's the end that I'm trying to meet by asking for this blessing of wisdom. And it's nothing more than that. He's not asking for glory. He's not asking for riches. He's not asking for notoriety. Of course, God gives all of that to him in his abundant grace, But Solomon is asking for the purpose of governing his people. What Christ is demonstrating in his teaching at the temple is the wisdom of his heart for the purpose of saving the people. It's interesting because you you have the the fact that Solomon asks, and, and it is a humble situation. He understands that he is limited. Let it be in knowledge. Let it be in experience. And he's asking for help, for a listening heart, so that he may discern, to judge, to be the king that he has been set to be. And then we got a 12-year-old Jesus who comes to show up the teachers. And we see that even in his young age, he is already the full fulfillment of all that has been promised in the Old Testament. All the things that Solomon is asking for shows up in Christ, 
even at the tender age of 12. They were all astonished because he's talking and he is answering these age-old questions that the, the rabbis have been wrestling with. Exactly. And Solomon even makes the statement, I'm, I'm a youth, I'm a child. I'm not qualified to do this. And Jesus, at the age of 12, certainly still a child, is clearly qualified with this wisdom to interpret the mysteries of God to these people. And it shows you that in looking at Israel's kings, you can adore them, you can say they were, they were good, you can say all these wonderful things about them, but you never get the sense that they're the one you've been waiting for. I would even go as far as to say, when we look at the good kings of Israel, David, Solomon, so on and so forth, we see, wow, they're really good for humans. And then when Jesus shows up, oh, this is what we have been waiting for. This is what a good king is. Yes, David, yes, Solomon, yes, the various kings had good qualities that pointed to the fulfillment of what is completely and purely good seen in Christ, our true king. Well, I hope this gets you ready for this coming Sunday. Again, the second Sunday after Christmas. We look forward to having you join us either on Saturday at 6 o'clock or Sunday at 8 and 1030. God's peace be with you.